Welcome everyone to episode eight of Talking Talent. It's been a few months. I don't think we've had an episode since December. Uh, January was a busy month. So while the ideas were ruminating on uh, what was going to be the next topic that we put out, the uh, we took a break in January. So uh, looking forward to have uh, an episode here in February and then one episode, at least one episode per month between March and the end of the year. The other part of this is that this is going to be a solo episode. I am going to be answering a few questions that uh, I've been getting and people have weighed in with some ideas and, and some questions that they are going through out there in the HR and talent acquisition space. So hope you enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this eighth episode of Talking Talent. I actually shouldn't say us today because it's just me. This is going to be a solo episode, which is a little frightening, but I'm also kind of excited about it. Um, I generally enjoy listening to podcasts that are both one, you know, I'd say half of them are probably one person talking by themselves. Um, and then the, the, you know, the rest are two or three people or a group of people. So I enjoy both. Um, if you like the sound of my voice, fantastic. You, you might like this. If not, um, we'll, we'll have guests here soon, but wanted to, um, uh, you know, jump in and, and yeah, I, I know that we didn't have an episode in January, I believe we had uh, one or two in December and, uh, this one's at the end of February. So going forward, the goal is to have one a month um this one in february and then between march and the end of the year um have have one a month at least at least with maybe some in-person and in-person podcast in the future and then also look out for some webinars in the future as well so also i have to remind everybody it, you know if you are part of the talent community if you're part of the human resources community if you're part of the talent acquisition community um would love if you could tell your friends, coworkers about this, and subscribe on on Spotify, which I think is a uh, which I think is important. You know, we want to get the word out there, uh, want this to grow, and so I really appreciate your help on that. Um, just to reintroduce myself for those of you who don't uh, who, who who don't know me or haven't listened in the past, um, my name is Sam McCarthy, and I lead the human resources search practice at Cordia Resources, and um, you know, we can get into, we're going to get into a couple of questions here on what that means. And those, those, those words, search and, and practice and recruiting and temporary staffing, consulting, all the words that go along with the recruiting world. So I am going to be diving into a couple of questions today. Um, so let's get to it. Generally, we start off by asking guests what they did for their first job or if there was any correlation between that job and what they're doing now so we don't have that today um we don't have that today but um we are going to get right into the episode and i put a put a question out on linkedin a few days ago and got some responses and and also i'm taking some responses and some questions from candidates that I've talked to recently who are in the job market and clients who are looking to hire and have tried to accumulate this information and break it down into a couple different general questions that I can answer. 
So the first one is, and this has been fueled a little bit, actually both these topics have been fueled a little bit by recent layoffs and what they've done, what those have done to our friends and former teammates and colleagues. You know, it's been fueled by those layoffs and, and understanding two things. One, the benefits of working with a recruiter, the benefits of knowing people in your network who are doing recruiting, external recruiting for a search firm, an agency, a staffing firm, whatever you want to call it. So that's going to be the first topic. And then the second being networking, which is a very general term that can mean different things to different people. So those two are sometimes intertwined, but I'd like to discuss both of those and would welcome your feedback if you listen to the episode. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's just fueled by the fact that we've um, in the past, you know, it's going back to say six months that especially in the tech sector, there have been a you know, a good amount of companies that have cut lots and lots and lots of employees. Um, and unfortunately, one of the first groups that go, rightly or wrongly, are those in talent acquisition and sometimes human resources. When you're getting rid of people and you're losing headcount, the first thing that's going to go are the people whose job it is to bring in new headcount or replace headcount because there's turnover. So that's the unfortunate part about this. Um, but what I want to talk about is I've had a lot of conversations, and I know those of you out there who have do something similar to me have had a lot of conversations with people who were, you know, who were surprised um, that they didn't have a job, or just people who are out there right now who who had got laid off or their job was eliminated for a different reason. Doesn't have to be necessarily um, the shocks that have happened in in, in the tech world. So. Working with a recruiter, and I don't mean working with a rec- I don't mean you know developing a relationship with um, you know a technical recruiter at Amazon. I mean a recruiter whose job is it, whose job it is to support companies and clients to find the best talent. So that's what I do. That's what Cordia Resources does. And obviously a lot of companies out there doing something similar. What are the benefits of that? What are the benefits of you working with me, with someone on my team, with someone at Cordia or somewhere, you know, somebody anywhere else? To start with kind of the understanding of why companies want to, why a any organization, small, large, public, private, for-profit, non-profit, what, why, do, why do companies need to or want to have Cordia Resources support them as a client and need, need, need Cordia to supplement what they're already doing in terms of finding talent? So why does that happen? There's multiple reasons. You know, large companies... Even those that have lots and lots of resources and have the money and the time and the ability to sometimes overstaff their internal recruiting teams, they still need help to identify the right talent. And that happens for a number of different reasons. But 
can happen in small companies as well. Small is a relative term. Small can either be small in terms of headcount or small in terms of revenue, but a couple different reasons. So there, there's a there, there's a there's always a time when in very niche roles that the organization doesn't have, you know, whenever you have a job opening, the company is basically starting from scratch. You can have the best applicant tracking system in the world. You can have metrics and things that you're measuring and pipelines. And that's, that is all good stuff. A lot of companies have that. Some don't, but if you're, if you haven't hired for that role for two years, three years, or if it's more, it's even worse. When that job opens up, what's happening there is a there's panic and then there's how can we get this role there's how can we get this role filled as quickly as possible sometimes that is you know hey this we just hired somebody 18 months ago let's reach out to these other two candidates who were finalists for that role and see what happens that that can be the first place that you go and that does happen sometimes there are internal um if the same team is there and things were documented correctly and there's the information's in there. You should reach out to those people. But one of the next things that happens is that they will say, who, who, who do we have relationships with? What outside companies, what outside firms do we have relationships with? And who should we, who should we reach out to, to support us? Oh, I'm biased. I think Cordia does it better than anybody. Um, I think Cordia's HR practice, which I lead does it better than anybody, but that being said, there, there's, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of competition out there, and there are lots of options. So whether you're, a, if you're a small organization, you have one, two, three recruiters on your team. Likely, they're pretty good at recruiting for the core part of the business. If you're hiring a lot of software developers and engineers, you might have some good technical recruiters who are good at going and find those people. If you're a government contractor, and you have someone who's really good at going and finding, you know, cleared talent. And, you know, the people who need to work in, within different government agencies and you have someone who has that background, that's good. The chance that those people also have relationships with directors and vice presidents of human resources is unlikely. You can get lucky, but it's unlikely. So that's one of the reasons why a client, a let's say a client of Cordia would reach out to us and say, listen, we need help. And we're willing to relinquish part of this process to you because we know that we need somebody great in this seat. We need to, re we realize what we need. We realize maybe what we did wrong and had this, the, you know, this person leave in the first place. So that's, that's, that's one reason. The other reason is the company's growing and they're not replacing somebody, but they are growing and they're adding one or two positions, maybe the same title and different parts of the organization. So that's a, that's, that's, that's another reason. So you're either replacing somebody or you're growing, right? The layoffs are another situation for candidates um, and just candidates in general. If you are working a lot and you have, you, you're not, you don't have to, you know, you thought you think maybe you're interested in another job, may, maybe, maybe not, but you don't necessarily have the time to do all the research to stay on top of what's happening in the market to understand, you know, how you get from, one role to another, what the salary might be, staying on top of what what benefits companies are offering. You should find a recruiter 
that specializes in what that you do. Obviously, I work within the human resources and talent acquisition space. So work with candidates and clients that are hiring within those spaces. But you should go find someone who's who do, who works within your niche, introduce yourself to them, try to get a call set up, try to talk with them and see if it's a fit. You, you might instantly vibe with somebody and it might be a good fit or you might not like the way that they go about things and that's okay too. So obviously if you're not working and you have more time to do that than someone who's working 50 or 60 hours a week and also looking for a job, it's really, really difficult. So that's that's the first thing. The other thing I wanted to touch on was kind of the difference between there are there are search firms, executive search firms, there are retained search firms that are doing mostly working on direct hire roles that are with a salary and benefits and you're coming on as a full-time employee. Those there are certain firms that do that really well. And there are certain firms that do not. There are other firms that are are mostly operate in the world of temporary staffing, where you're a contractor, you're a consultant, whatever word you want to use. There are some firms that do both well. I don't think there are many. There are some that that do both well. Um, so you, if if you are have been working for a certain amount of time. And you want, or you're looking for, you know, you've been in a role for two, three, four, five years. You feel stagnant. You want to reach out to somebody. Look for a firm that is, doesn't, you know, again, the terms big and small are subjective. You want to, you want to find the right person who's going to help you. A fancy title or a fancy company name, just because that's, that, you know, someone has those things. That doesn't mean necessarily that's the best recruiter for you to work with. So do you know do some homework. Go into Google and figure out who are the who are the best firms to work with in marketing, in sales, in in uh, you know in in IT. Uh, who are the best firms that work with nonprofits? So you can find all of those things. Um. If you're not working and you're okay with contract work, you're or if you love contract work and you because of the flexibility, there are firms that do that really well too. So understanding the difference is key. Um, there are again, there there are there are companies that do both well, but in general, the benefits of working with an external recruiter are that you have someone who's best who's who has it in their best interest. It's it is in their best interest to help you ideally they're going to be transparent with you they're going to be upfront about you know what what is realistic for you to look for they shouldn't be they shouldn't be you know sharing information with you that is not going to help you so hopefully they're being transparent and open um and that's at the end of the day a good relationship you know you want someone who's going to be upfront about someone's background, someone's resume and what they can go after and what they need to maybe improve upon in order to find that next job. So, you know, it is in, it is in their best interest. Um, some people, everyone communicates differently. So if you have a lot of time and you, you want to, you know, set up a weekly phone call with somebody to check in and see what's going on. Some people are fine with that. If you want to communicate best via email or text message, that's fine too. But realize too that you you are not you know that that recruiters 
are working with a number of different people and they have a lot of things up in the air. So if someone's not getting back to you for two, three, four, five days, that's probably a, a, that's probably a red flag. But it's, you know, it's probably, don't take it personally. It's probably time to move on to somebody else. It's probably time to try to develop a relationship with somebody else. So a lot of information there. So a little bit of background, we can dig into this on future podcasts, but some information on why organizations would reach out to a third party to help them, to help them recruit. And then second, as a candidate, some things you can do. So that's number one, working with a recruiter. Second thing I wanted to talk about today was networking. Networking, again, comes in many shapes and sizes. Um, my general theme for networking is if you if you are not comfortable getting out of this zone that you normally have operated in and you're thinking very linearly about your job search, you're missing out. You are missing out on opportunities that could be out there that you are not are not seeing. Um, and it's an uncomfortable thing. Networking does not always mean show up at an event in the evening and just intentionally talk to people, introduce yourself and hand out business cards. You know, that's a little bit archaic. Yes, that still happens. Yes, I do that. Yes, my colleagues do that. That's not the only way to network. Yes, it is one way to network. It is good to go out and see people. It is good to go out and introduce yourself to people. That personal interaction and some kind of relationship you can develop from that is good. But that's not the only thing you can do. So get, but get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. And it's 2023. A lot of networking happens virtually. It happens on social media. It happens on LinkedIn. It happens on Instagram. It happens on Twitter. It happens in places that aren't necessarily the normal way that people think of networking. So open up your mind to to those new things. Um, when you are when you are in person and you are networking in person, you know, talking about yourself and talking about what you like to do in your personal life as opposed to just going right to work is, is usually a really good way to go. My, some of my best connections I've made and relation, long-term relationships that I've had with people who are candidates looking for jobs or clients started off with something, some kind of person, something personal that we might've shared that has, we could talk about consistently outside of just the, Hey, do you want to do business with me and vice versa? Um, so, you know, and know when to be able to walk away from someone. If you're talking to someone in person and you're having a the conversation's okay, don't feel like you have to be trapped and that you have to stay in that little world and talk. You you can you can move on. It's okay to move on. Go talk to somebody else. Um, there's usually a lot of people at events like that. Um. So, the, more of what I want to talk about is networking that's done virtually, virtually via the internet um, and social media. So LinkedIn is obviously a huge one. Most of us in the talent acquisition world at different levels live and die by being able to work well on LinkedIn. 
And as a job candidate, and I'm talking, some of this is a little more specific to human resources and talent acquisition professionals, but LinkedIn, especially since COVID-19 has been a part of our lives and more is being shared on LinkedIn, you should understand how to navigate it a little bit. So whether that means paying for a LinkedIn premium membership, which I think is 50 or $60 a month, it's maybe $70 a month now, but if you can afford that, really, really important. Um, being able to, little little things. When you're applying for a job on LinkedIn and you click that easy apply button and it can take five seconds. If you can figure out how to then go and send a direct message to the person who is on your, you know, the person who's maybe hiring for the job, you might have to do some homework. You might have to go on the company's LinkedIn page on their website. If it says the role reports to the VP of HR, you might have to find out who that is or who you think it is or go on the website and figure out who it is. Um, connect with that person, send them a message directly. As long as you do it in the right context and with the right wording and you make it personal, very, very important, make it personal, it, you may not get a response, but it's much more likely that someone's going to remember you than if you choose the path of the message that LinkedIn creates for you. You press two buttons and then all of a sudden, boom, it goes to, it goes to this person. I, I get five of those a day. And I will tell you, it is very rare that those messages get noticed because I will read them. But if you haven't taken the time to find some kind of connection, some kind of commonality, you, you still might have a great background and I still might reach out to you because you're a good fit. But if you might not be, and you haven't tried to sell yourself just a little bit, find some connection, anything. Go through my LinkedIn pro, uh, uh, profile, go through the person's LinkedIn profile, figure something out, just something little, send them a message. Um, but don't send the automated, the automated messages that LinkedIn creates for you. You know, the last thing is when you're doing your homework, figure out who your audience is. I get five, I feel like I just raised my voice there. I get five to 10, maybe more than that sometimes, 15 emails a day or messages on LinkedIn from vendors that, you know, business development and salespeople at vendors who think I'm a human resources professional. I am not. I am a recruiter. I am a search leader. I lead a human resources practice within a professional services firm but I am not a human resources professional. So while I appreciate the hustle and the amount of messages and the amount of that grind that it takes to do business development, if you're not putting your homework in to know that I'm not the right person to market to, because even though HR is in my title and it is, it is on LinkedIn, if you read what I do and you look up Cordia Resources, you know that I am not I do not work in corporate human resources at Cordia Resources. We do have someone who does that, but it's not me. So if you haven't put the work in and you haven't done your homework to figure that out, that's an immediate red flag. And if you're doing that with, if you are not putting the effort in on your end as a job seeker 
to do that intentional networking and do it well, people will notice. If people will notice if you do it well and you spend a little bit more time, people will also notice if you're lazy about it and you take the easy way out. Again, I know all this stuff takes time. I know we all don't, we all would love to have more time, but use that takeaway. If you have questions, if you listen to this and have questions, please feel free to reach out. But really, really important. Um, get out of your comfort zone. Go, go, go show up, go volunteer. Go, if especially if you're not working, go volunteer, go, you know, go coach something. Um, specifically speaking in the Washington DC metro area, there are so many people you can meet that are out there in the world that again are not are, are maybe not at home and aren't on social media. But you just never know who you're gonna run into at the most opportune time. So go do some things, go out of the house, um, show up to some of these other things. One, it takes your mind off of the job search, but two, you never know who you're gonna meet. That is just very unintentional networking that can pay big dividends. So working with a recruiter, number one topic, find the right person. A recruiter at a search firm or an agency is trying to help you. Hopefully they're honest with you and transparent. And understand the difference between, um, and ask questions. Understand the difference and ask questions between uh, somebody reaching out to you about a job that is is ask questions. Is this direct hire? Is this a contract role? Is this full-time? Is it part-time? Ask the questions. Someone should know the answers. If they don't, that's a red flag. And then networking, be intentional with your networking. Understand un unintentional networking as well and get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone is a big, big thing across the board. So understand that on both sides. So I just talked a lot right there. I feel like that was a lot of information. And we'll do this again. Those were two hot topics that are happening right now. Please feel free to reach out if you have questions, if there's something on your mind. Um, now I'll be happy to help. But we're going to close it out for today. I'm hoping to have um, a few teammates of mine join here in the future. And um, until then, thank you for joining for this episode eight of Talking Talent. And we'll see you again next month.